This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. All right, guys, we are coming to you with some major breaking news. Once again, former President Trump has been indicted. This time, the charges have to do with January 6th and fake elector scheme. Special counsel Jack Smith announced the charges in a press conference earlier. Let's take a listen. Today, an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to disenfranchise voters, and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. The indictment was issued by a grand jury of citizens here in the District of Columbia, and it sets forth the crimes charged in detail. I encourage everyone to read it in full. The attack on our nation's capital on January 6, 2021, was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. As described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. The men and women of law enforcement who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6th are heroes. They are patriots and they are the very best of us. They did not just defend a building or the people sheltering in it. They put their lives on the line to defend who we are as a country and as a people. They defended the very institutions and principles that define the United States. Since the attack on our capital, the Department of Justice has remained committed to ensuring accountability for those criminally responsible for what happened that day. This case is brought consistent with that commitment, and our investigation of other individuals continues. In this case, my office will seek a speedy trial so that our evidence can be tested in court and judged by a jury of citizens. In the meantime, I must emphasize that the indictment is only an allegation and that the defendant must be presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. 
I would like to thank the members of the Federal Bureau of Investigation who are working on this investigation with my office, as well as the many career prosecutors and law enforcement agents from around the country who have worked on previous January 6th investigations. These women and men are public servants of the very highest order, and it is a privilege to work alongside them. Okay, so you hear there the specific charges. Those are the ones that were listed in the uh, document that Trump received, uh, announcing to him that he was a target of this investigation. So no huge surprises there. But there's a lot of detail to go through in this indictment. Uh, the special counsel goes to great lengths to assert not only uh, did Trump assert false you know, election uh, lies, not only did he use those lies to try to perpetrate this fraud over across multiple states involving slates of fake electors and going all the way up until January 6th and pressuring Mike Pence to try to overturn the results of the election, but they also go into great detail trying to uh, persuade what will ultimately be you know, a jury in D.C. that Trump knew that those claims were false and that he pushed forward with them anyway. Just to give you a sense of, you know, one of the pieces of many pieces of evidence that they use for this, of this person and that person who had told Trump that these claims were false and he pushed forward in spite of it. Uh, they're talking about his claims with regard to Georgia. And they say on November 25th, one of the co-conspirators, which by the way, six unindicted co-conspirators, and we could talk more about that in a moment, filed a lawsuit against the governor of Georgia falsely alleging massive election fraud accomplished through the voting machine company's election software and hardware. Before the lawsuit was even filed, the defendant retweeted a post promoting it. The defendant, not defendant is Trump, did this despite the fact that when he had discussed this far-fetched public claims regarding the voting machine company in private with advisors, the defendant had conceded that they were unsupported and that co-conspirator three sounded, quote, crazy. Co-conspirator three's Georgia lawsuit was dismissed on December 7th. There was a lot more that was similar to this of, you know, the attorney general told him it was false. This agency at the Department of Justice told him it was false. This advisor told it was false. He went to Arizona and the uh, officials there told him it was false. To me, this was some of the more compelling evidence, though, that he actually took some of this in because he was even saying, like, yeah, this sounds kind of crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's interesting. So as you noted, in terms of the six co-conspirators, we do have the, what, I guess, alleged possible list of uh, some of who these folks could You can kind of suss be. out who it is, yeah. Yeah, uh, so we definitely know that Rudy Giuliani is one. We also know that John Eastman, uh, he was the lawyer who helped come up with the legal theory around election certification, is one. We don't yet know if uh, his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, was listed in the indictment. And we know a few other political advisors. Sidney Powell almost certainly likely to be one of those co-conspirators as well. Uh, noteworthy in what Jack Smith said, Smith said there, Crystal, in the press conference was we this will not stop our investigation into other individuals. So That's right. let's all make sure we underlying that this could not be, you know, the last indictment. I wanted to give everybody a sense almost of the initial legal reaction uh, in terms of what the two sides are going to be bringing. So first, I think we should start with the defense, I guess, as they do in a trial. Uh, I actually was watching Fox News in order to prepare for this because they had both Andy McCarthy and Jonathan Turley, I guess the whisperers, right, really, of uh, uh, the conservative legal movement. And here's what they yeah. say. 
McCarthy in particular takes issue with Smith's use of the Civil Rights Act of 1866 in order to prosecute Trump. He says of Jack Smith, quote, he has extravagantly stretched these statues in order to try and capture this behavior. That's because this is a proxy for what should have been a political impeachment process. The second reaction from Jonathan Turley, he says here, quote, when I take red pen through this indictment that is protected by the First Amendment, it reduces to a haiku, aka a short poem for those who are the uninitiated. Mm -hmm. Many of the things that are being charged here are protected speech. He follows up Crystal by saying that this is, quote, a disinformation indictment, but that is all part of the First Amendment. And just right before we get into that, uh, one of the things that McCarthy made clear to point out is that the statute which is actually written here, section, 200 or section 241 of the civil rights law, says that actions of public officials addressing conspiracies to prevent them from exercising their rights, uh, that prosecutors must show that a defendant acted not only intentionally, but with a purpose to deprive the victim of a constitutional requirement which has been made specific and definite. Uh, McCarthy points out that the Supreme Court actually, in two separate instances, has thrown out cases brought against former public officials and other individuals that were prosecuted successfully, actually, under these statutes, but for not being specific enough for the deprivation. And so that's, uh, I guess, the legal theory I want of the defense. Let me get Brad Moss. I asked him for a quote. Here's what he says in response to the Turley argument in particular, quote, protected speech does not permit you to rely upon knowingly false information to corruptly use the levers of executive power to subvert election laws. It does not allow you to corruptly coordinate with state activists to submit false electoral paperwork to the archivist and the VP. It does not allow you to corruptly pressure the VP to un act unlawfully on January 6. Speech is not what is at issue. It is conspiracy to command action. That action was unlawful. And so I think those two sides of it, that effectively I think is going to be the main line by Jack Smith in terms of convincing this DC jury. We should note here that the judge is not necessarily going to be friendly to Trump. Apparently this is a, and it's not just that she was appointed by Obama, but apparently has um, uh, sentenced January 6th defendants to sentences longer than the government has requested. It seems clear, Crystal, that given the outcome is very like it's very likely uh in order to be a conviction just given where it is although you know he'll get his day in court that there's some major supreme court things that will be addressed um here as a result of this just because some of the questions here are so fundamental and i you know i guess regardless of this crystal you know when you're laying it out you can't help but read this and just be like oh yeah this was totally nuts like yeah. regardless of whether he's guilty or not you're like oh yeah I, I, this is actually insane like the false elector scheme so now we're talking here on a political level, and I thought that the best point that you made on our show a couple of, I mean, it was a couple of weeks ago, I don't know what it was, everything <laughs> blends, is you were, you were like, you know, in the eyes of most Americans, it, they don't give a shit about documents. They're like, this is what they hate him for. Like this the people the who core. do hate Trump. And yeah. so on a political level, we're reading this politically, not as an indictment, it's damning politically. You know, when you, when you read the judgment and the statements of this oh, yeah. man and the people around him. So oh, yeah. are, that's everything that I'll say about that. I, I think... I think that's a great uh, point that you were referring to me having made previously, if I do say so myself. But the documents case may actually be more straightforward from a legal perspective. Easily. And Brad Moss, that's what he told us before. I mean, you know, he had the documents. He said, these documents aren't declassified. We have the audio tape of that. They're highly, you know, really top secret, top secret stuff. Okay. We have the pictures of the bot, all of that stuff. Okay. 
the documents case is probably more of a slam dunk legally. This one is a little bit legally dicier, although I still think that this is also very compelling because you also have to keep in mind the civil rights charge is different. I haven't seen that charged against any of the other January 6th, like, you know, the people who were just storming the Capitol. Yes. The other charges have been successfully uh, levied against some of the January 6th rioters. And so, you know, if they were corrupting a government proceeding, then certainly it appears like the guy who was sort of directing things uh, from above would be potentially guilty of that as well. So, um, you know, when they go through the, the litany of what was going on, all the conversations that were happening, all of the text messages, all of the times Trump was told, this is total bullshit. Some instances where he basically agreed. He's like, yeah, we don't have proof. Yeah, it sounds crazy, etc. And then you see the, uh, you know, for Trump land, methodical effort to put together these slates of electors and actually snow some of the people who didn't want to be on the elector slates unless it was going, they were, they were basically put on them under false pretenses. And you've got, I think, seven different states and all of the machinations that were happening here. Yeah, it's pretty compelling. To speak to what uh, Turley was saying in particular about, hey, a lot of this is protected speech. Jack Smith attempts in this indict indictment to address yes. that legal defense. He says at the very top, basically, like, look, he could think it's stolen. He's allowed to say it. He's allowed to take these claims to court, which he did. None of that is illegal. However... It is illegal to put together fake elector slates and then try to use these lies to actually subvert the election. That part crosses the, the line of illegality in, in the telling in the, here. Yeah, so, right, in the I, right. So I, I do think that, you know, in terms of the core of what people actually hate about Donald Trump, what they really don't want a repeat of if he were to get back into the White House this is the, the piece that everybody has sort of been kind of waiting to drop because it, you know, it does speak to the, the heart of like what we're doing here as a democracy. It was an insane, horrendous day to watch all of that unfold on January 6th. And so even though the documents case might be more straightforward legally, this gets to the core of what people actually think Donald Trump is a criminal for doing. Right. And then let's get to the political defense. Uh, so from my understanding, at least, and actually, and look, I'm, I actually wanted to know what you think about this. Yeah. Trump, Trump's statement was he actually didn't deny any of it. He just goes, they waited two and a half years to indict me while I was running. I mean, I do think they've got a point there, Crystal. Like, why did it take two and a half years in order to bring the case? Merrick Garland didn't end up bringing it. They shelved it. They put it on the back foot. They appoint Jack Smith. Then this guy brings an indictment right at the time that Trump is, I mean, from a political, quote unquote, interference in the process. I mean, it really could not be a worse look, especially whenever he's surging over his rivals. I mean, I do genuinely think that is a very compelling defense that Trump will be able to not only keep the GOP primary base around him on this. I think this will solidify his support. Once again, DeSantis is already out with a statement being like, mm -hmm. I'm going to dismantle the FBI so I can support Trump. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, okay, well, why shouldn't I just vote for Trump then? Right. Uh, but, um, so again, like on a political level, that is going to be the best. And uh, look, I was watching Fox. I was trying to imbibe like the right wings. I'm like, all right, let me take it all in so I can try and convey like what the <laughs> main thing is. And the points, all, the only points I really felt like not only should be reiterated, but which I, you know, I think there's something to the McCarthy defense. We're going to hear that in court, whether people don't like it or not. Something to the Turley defense as well. And then on the political front, 
why did you wait two and a half years? Like, what, if, if you know, you could have impeached him. You didn't do that. And then if you really believed it, I mean, the best time to throw his ass in jail or whatever during January 6th is right after January 6th when you assume office. So that's going to be a tough one to talk their way out of. And I'm curious what you think. As someone who supports yeah. these charges and um, believes the former president should be held accountable for what I see as crimes against our country, um, and as someone who desperately does not want him back in the White House, I wish that this had all happened a lot sooner. Yeah, There's, and exactly. I, I don't, I don't really have a good explanation for why yeah. it didn't, because I'm, I, I respect the fact that this is a process; it takes time. You read this document; it's extensive. I know there was a lot of investigation, but it does seem like it could have happened a lot quicker. And even if you look at like the documents one, that that timing I understand because they were trying actually to go yes. back and forth with him and resolve this in a way that didn't involve the uh, criminal justice system. So that one, the timing makes a little more sense to me. But even with that one, we're talking about a trial date that's set for May. Terrible. Okay, that's yeah. that means the GOP nomination is sewn up, right? That, there's, that one's done and dusted, no going back. And you're talking about a trial and potential sentencing coming right in the heat of a general election. Now, listen. I think he should be held accountable. I don't think that anyone, including a current, former, past, potential future president, <laughs> should skate. I don't believe in that form, you know, two-tier form of justice. However, it there is just no denying that this creates an extraordinarily volatile and potentially chaotic political situation going into an election where there is no doubt that emotions are already going to be very heightened. That's in terms important. of my, I'm glad they yeah. said that. Oh yeah, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was just gonna say, in terms of yeah. my actual like prediction of how this is all gonna work out for him politically, on the Republican side, you know, it doesn't take oh. a genius to see that <laughs> they're they uh, majority of Republic overall like seventy percent of them think the election was rigged and stolen. Mm -hmm. So this is gonna you know water off a duck's ass in terms of the Republican base. If anything, it just makes them like him more. I'm sorry, Ron DeSantis, you should probably take Trump's advice at this point and drop out and give him your money for ballot harvesting or whatever. Um, not looking good for you, buddy. In terms of the general election, I do think that there is a sort of normie instinct of where there's smoke, there's fire. There was real revulsion uh, among independents and not just Democrats around what happened on January 6th and Trump's role in it. We saw real revulsion in the midterm elections around January 6th and around Stop the Steal. So right now you've got, according to the polling, jump ball between Biden and Trump. I do think that this with a general election audience is going to be very difficult to survive. Yeah. I, I just don't know. It's one of those where uh, I think you're right. I think it will hurt. I don't know on what margin. I don't yeah. know to what extent. I think, you know, in, in terms of the prediction basis on that one, I genuinely, like, people cared in 20, 2022. Will they care in 2024? It's a little bit different. We're talking about Congress and Senate versus the actual guy and his, you know, his own political quality. So I don't know. In terms of the indictment, I do think, I want to see this First Amendment stuff litigated. Because I actually am genuinely curious to see how and what the threshold that you have to cross is. You know, everyone famously is like, you can't yell, uh, what is it, fire in a crowded theater. And, you know, there's, there's important exceptions, I think, to First Amendment case law. That is the part where I really want to see, like, where that will be applied. And then on a political level, this is, I think this is probably a net benefit to the Democrats because... January 6th is so repellent, and it is the most repellent thing about Trump. So that that's where I do think it will continue to hurt him. And then on the Republican side, like you said, I yeah, I mean, this is it. Like, this is—because the documents one, 
there is no ambiguity that Trump obviously acted wrong. And your only defense is like, oh, they've got it out for him. But the, I want to return actually to the point that you made, which is on the documents timeline, there actually wasn't much of a delay. You know, basically, as soon as he was obstructing, they indicted him. Here they waited two and a half years. Uh, let's point back to the actual original statement by Jack Smith. Remember, he said that he wants a speedy trial. Me too. You know, the whole country needs a speedy trial here on this. Mm -hmm. We should try this whole case two and a half years ago. Well, we kind of did, you know, in the Senate Well, for impeachment. But if you were going to bring charges, like doing this in the middle of primaries, you know, your point about we can't be having this in May of 2024. We should have this wrapped by Iowa. But, you know, I mean, looking at a calendar, it's pretty clear that's just not going to happen. So we're all up for some serious chaos, I think, uh, timeline-wise throughout this election. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I, I just, yeah, it, it's hard to speculate on exactly how all of this is going to play out politically when you mm -hmm. get to a, a general election. But, you know, part of the challenge with Trump is because he is charismatic, because he is charming, because he's funny, because Biden is like super old and falling <laughs> apart and has all the problems that Joe Biden has. It's easy to forget the worst parts of Trump, right? Oh, it's sure. easy yeah. to forget that. And so when you have a trial going on, reminding everyone constantly about the very worst parts of Trump. And by the way, on a just like personal gut level, reminding people of like, you really want to go back to this dude who wouldn't even give it up last time. Remember what that felt like? Remember that chaos? Remember that stress and anxiety? That was a very tense time mm -hmm. in American life. What other side you were on of what was going on? It was a very stressful, intense and chaotic time. Um, so I think having that reminder front and center going into 2024, it, I have to think that that's going to be very damaging for Trump and gives Biden a chance when, frankly, I don't know that he would otherwise because he's got a lot of problems of his own. But then imagine this. He gets convicted. It's still at the top of mind and he still beats Biden. Then what does that say about Joe Biden? I what I don't know what uh, any of it. I, the fact that we even have these two men yeah. as the likely party nominees says nothing good about the country to start with. So I saw an interesting tweet. I just want to end kind of on this uh, from DC Drano. He's a huge uh, Twitter account, really. And he basically was like he, he put out the tweet where he just said, look, it's either the president. It says, quote, if he wins, he can pardon himself. If he loses, he will be imprisoned. That's what's at stake. Interesting, too, in terms of the messaging there being directed at the base. So I think that's important. And he's like a, um, it's like a Republican big Trump, influencer. Yeah. Trump influencer account. Kind of. Got it. But for, for him to like put it that starkly in the shows stakes. the seriousness and also the way it will be relentlessly messaged, I think, to the GOP primary base. Yeah, I, I have been thinking about, you know, is there a chance of political violence? Of course, there is a chance of political violence. I don't think anyone could sure. deny that. But I will sure. say, you know, the last two indictments that came down, there were calls for people to come out and protest. Not many people really did. Thus far, it's been relatively calm. So um, we'll hope that that continues to prevail. Hopefully, uh, CounterPoints is going to have a great show for everybody tomorrow. Thanks to our premium subscribers that enable all of this uh, snap reaction and all this other stuff and uh we'll see everybody on thursday or if any other some crazy stuff happens i guess maybe we can log on for that <laughs> we will be uh, prepared ready to hopefully jump not but we will be prepared <laughs> we'll see you guys later become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from trinity school of natural health 
Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 